Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. In this episode of the Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast, we take a look at the big story in the early 1912 MLB season, the suspension of star player Ty Cobb and its aftermath and why it happened. Stories coming up in just a moment. This is Darren Hayes. You've probably heard me on the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch. Well, welcome to my journey of learning more about sports history. And we're going to do it by learning about the great athletes and the uniforms that they wore as they both tell a lot about the games that we love and have watched so much throughout most of our lives. These are the chronicles I'm going to share with you on what I've learned through my journey in the Sports Jersey Dispatch. Hello, my sports history friends. This is Darren Hayes of the Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast. Welcome once again to the Pig Pen, your place for all things great team sports. And we like to take a peek back in sports history in the Pig Pen. And uh, really, this time of year, we like to look at the game of baseball because it's one of the great team sports. And we got a really interesting topic to talk about today. Uh, very interesting. Happened over 110 years ago. But before we do that, we want to make sure that you know that we have an email email subscription newsletter it's absolutely free you can find out everything that's going on here at the sports jersey dispatch on jerseydispatch.com pigskindispatch.com our sister website that's on the game of football and a lot of things going on at the sports history network and our audio drama that we're a part of orville mulligan sports writer uh, great uh audio drama if you haven't had a chance to check it out yet it's at orvilmulligan.com you can find all of the great uh, podcast episodes there of this great story well anyway we you can find out everything that's going on in our newsletter by going to uh, sports going to jerseydispatch.com clicking on the email subscriber note that's there up near the top in the banner we're going into the show notes of this particular podcast episode in each podcast episode of the sports jersey dispatch podcast and uh, going to get it there as well um well, so let's get to our story uh the story of the 1912 suspension of the legendary baseball player ty cobb now it was a fresh spring day at Hilltop Park in New York City. The fans were enjoying the warmer weather that the change of season was bringing, and many took it in an American League baseball game that afternoon in New York. Now, one of the people that they came to see was Detroit Tigers player of the visiting Detroit Tigers, Ty Cobb. Cobb was a phenom at baseball and a must-see player of the era and a real pain in the butt for the hometown New York Highlanders. Well, the Highlanders, by the way, that might not sound familiar to you, but a year later in 1913, they would change their name to become the moniker of the Yankees. So yes, the Highlanders were the early precursor to the New York Yankees. That might put things in a little bit different perspective here. Well, Ty Cobb was born in the Deep South in Georgia, and he grew up in the era of uh, you know the early 1900s and late uh, 19th century, in the area of the Deep South, there was high racial tensions, uh, a degree of white supremacy, a great degree of white supremacy. The Ku Klux Klan was uh, very uh, vocal and spoken out and very active in 
you know, taking advantage and you know, really doing some damage to those that they didn't like, particularly people of color. And you know, Cobb witnessed this, these demeaning acts and putting down and the segregation of uh, people of the black skin color and darker skin colors. And they were treated you know, as being a lower class than Caucasians like himself. That's the way he was brought up. Not an excuse, just a fact. In that region of the South, about the worst insult that could be said to a Southerner in those days would be to insinuate that some portion of their heritage and descent was of the African-American race. Now, allegedly, by some reports, that was what happened to Cobb at the ballpark that spring day, Hilltop Park in New York City, 1912, on the 15th day of May. Now, according to the website uh, Fansided, a story on the calltothepen.com, which we have a link on our website, uh, jerseydispatch.com, for this 1912 suspension story, they say, quote, During a game against the New York Yankees, a fan by the name of Claude Luker started taunting Cobb from the moment the game began. Finally, he called Cobb half black. A comment that even fellow outfielder Sam Crawford asked if Cobb would let pass. In response, Cobb charged into the stands and began to attack Luker, who was missing one hand and most of his fingers on the other. When the crowd yelled at Cobb for hitting a handicapped spectator, he responded by saying that he didn't care if Luker didn't have feet either. Unquote. Now it's assumed by many that Cobb had no knowledge of the man's physical handicap. Uh, doesn't really give him an excuse. And Luker you know, suffered a loss of his appendages while working at the New York Times, allegedly, as a printing press operator just a year earlier. And definitely Luker was no saint uh, because you know, going into heckle with verbal barrages towards a player out on the field, in this case Cobb, uh, but nobody deserves to be physically assaulted. Now, the incident reported was an escalation of an exchange between insults between the fan and player for most of the game, and Cobb even, even tried to get the police to remove the abusive spectator, but it was to no avail. He was a visiting player in the Big Big Apple, and, you know, of course, probably there was other fans yelling slurs to him, too, just to get, a, get his goat. You know, you want to try to get into the head of players, and it still happens today. It's... No, again, not an excuse for it, but it's it has occurred. And as an athlete out on the field, especially a visiting athlete, you have to have stone ears and not hear these things. Don't have those rabbit ears. And unfortunately, Cobb got the better of him. And unfortunately for the, the all, both parties, there was some, you know, assault happening, and people had to witness this, and their children and had to witness it. And supposed to have a good time at the ball game. No, not a good time was had by any, you know, because Cobb, you know, jumped over the rail, climbed up in the stands and, you know, physically assaulted this man, Luker, for what he had said to him. You know, Should have listened to the sticks and stones might break, break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Uh, little rhyme that uh, we learned so early as kids, but Cobb didn't. Well, there was a res- immediate response. American League president at the time, Ban Johnson, agreed that this was a horrible act. And soon after, Ty Cobb was suspended for 10 games and fined the sum of $50 for the incident. 
By today's standards, that punishment seems like a mere slap on the wrist, and it probably was then too. I'm sure Cobb was making more than $50 at the time, probably a lot more than that per game. But Cobb was not a popular man in the Tigers clubhouse. In fact, many teammates detested the abrasive personality of Cobb. He just was kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, an ass. You know, people didn't really care for him. However, his Tiger teammates witnessed the incident and they sort of bonded with him and supported their teammate, feeling that he was unfairly punished. You know, after all, the man was heckling him in you know, very abusive language, you know, even by that day's standards. Right or wrong, this is the opinion the Tigers had, almost to a man, uh, and they imposed the baseball, organized professional baseball's first player strike. They declared at first that they would not take the field while Cobb was suspended for those 10 days because they were going to protest it. They even sent the, the telegram to Ben Johnson stating their declaration of solidarity that they weren't going to take the field and you know because they thought this was an unjust punishment on their, their teammate Ty Cobb. Now, three days after the incident in New York, on May 18th, Cobb decided he was going to take the field in a game at the Philadelphia Athletics. The umpires, as instructed by their boss, removed him, would not allow him to come out on the field and play due to the suspension by the American League. Tiger owner Frank Navin had anticipated the protest. You know, after all, it was made very public by the players. And he had a squad at the ready of replacement players to take the diamond should things go down where the players weren't going to take the field. Now, the Tigers, probably uh, so they wouldn't incur any fines for not showing up to a scheduled game, you know, suffer further uh, embarrassment. They fielded a team of local Philadelphia Sandlot and college amateurs while the regulars sat out the game of protest. Now, the, the team was made up of semi-pro and college players from the Philadelphia area, along with two other Detroit Tiger scouts who had gone out and recruited them in the days leading up to the game. You know, they were in New York and had to travel down to Philadelphia, so it wasn't even a home game in Detroit. Well, the A's, of course, destroyed the makeshift squad of the Tigers by the score of 24-2 in a real rout. And many of the 20,000 spectators in attendance, they were upset and they wanted their money back for watching such an inferior product from Detroit in the field, a real debacle of, you know, Philadelphia winning by 22 runs. I'm sure they weren't unhappy about that, but... You know, there was no competition against them. You go there to watch a competitive ball game and you have, you know, a ragtag team of, you know, just called up the day before of, you know, guys that aren't, shouldn't be on the same playing field with uh, the players that the athletics had going out on the field. And it was a real embarrassment. But, you know, the Philadelphia Athletics Organization never issued a single penny in refunds for that game for the tie, what the Tigers did. After all, the athletics, they had their players playing. They, they didn't do anything wrong. They had the field there. They said they were having people come to the stadium to play games. They played the game, and they wanted to get paid. And it's not their fault that the Tigers would field a, a suitable uh, roster that would be competitive. Well, Ben Johnson got wind of this, uh, and he again, he got put his pen to paper and said he was going to fine each striking player the hefty sum of $100 per game and threatened to banish them from baseball if they continued to strike. Now, Cobb pleaded 
with and eventually convinced his teammates to return to the game and play. And he was grateful for their support, but he did not want to further the fines against them and the negative publicity, nor the losses the team would be racking up with the ragtag replacements out there on the field playing. So the team returned to the field in the next game scheduled. And Cobb went on to complete the 10-game suspension. And when he came back, he was angry and he launched an assault of a different kind on the rest of the teams of the American League. For the season, the Georgia Peach batted 409, had 226 hits, and in that 1912 season, Cobb captured his seventh of nine consecutive batting titles before eventually winning a 12 in total. The Tigers, though, still only managed to seek out a sixth place finish in the American League and had a losing record. It was something like 69 and 84, I believe, was their, their overall record that year. Uh, but it's kind of interesting and somewhat ironic. That over a decade and a half later, in 1927s and 1928 seasons, after 22 seasons with the Detroit Tigers franchise, that Ty Cobb would go on and play his last two seasons of his illustrious career for those Philadelphia Athletics that beat the Tigers 24-2 as the rest of uh, Cobb's teammates protested his suspension. So just an interesting little bit of history uh, gives you a little bit of insight into baseball in 1912 in the first player strike in a team that uh, had maybe their not most uh, pleasurable member of the roster, but still they were team in unity and supported uh, their teammate during a, a rough time he had in his career that he deservedly got uh, from all accounts. So hope you enjoyed this little bit of history. Hope you'll join us back Next time, here on the Sports Jersey Dispatch, as we talk about some more great team history from uh, baseball, basketball, football, hockey. Uh, love these American sport games, and we're going to talk about the rich history that it has. So join us each and every day on the jerseydispatch.com website. Where we have all kinds of great things. We told you how to get the newsletter and find out everything that's going on that day. Uh, we hope you'll join us again and enjoy the history. Till next time, have a great sports history day. Sorry, but my pitching coach just called timeout, and he's coming out to the mound. I think I'm going to get yanked for a reliever. We'll see you back tomorrow for some more great sports history on Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast. We invite you to check out our websites, jerseydispatch.com and pigskindispatch.com. Not only see the daily sports history, but to experience the preservation of great events and people that play the games. Find us on Pigskin Dispatch. It's also on social media outlets of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel. Get all your daily sports history. Pigskin Dispatch is happy to be associated with the Sports History Network, the sports headquarters of yesteryear, found at sportshistorynetwork.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Each week, the official Football Learning Academy podcast will take you deep into the history of pro football, 
through interviews with players, coaches, or administrators in the NFL, as well as interviews with Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors, authors, and historians, you'll learn how the game evolved and important moments that shaped the sport into what it is today. And don't miss the Pro Football History Nugget of the Week. Listen to the official Football Learning Academy podcast on the Sports History Network. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.